Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for March 20th, 2021. It's a birthday of American TV personality, musician, puppeteer, minister, and one of my personal heroes, Fred McFeely Rogers. The beloved and longtime host of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, Fred McFeely Rogers was born on March 20th, 1928, in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. He was an only child until the age of 11 when his parents, James and Nancy, adopted a baby girl. After graduating from Latrobe High School, Rogers enrolled at Dartmouth College, where he studied for a year before transferring to Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida. Rogers, who'd begun playing the piano at a young age, graduated magna cum laude in 1951 with a degree in music composition. During his senior year of college, he visited his parents and was awed by the family's newest household addition, a television set. He could see a fantastic future for the medium and, as he'd later recall, Rogers immediately decided he wanted to be a part of it. Rogers' first job in television came in 1953 when he was hired to work in programming by WQED in Pittsburgh, a recently launched community TV station that was the first of its kind in the country. By the following year, Rogers was co-producing a new program, The Children's Corner. This allowed Rogers, who'd fallen in love with puppetry as a child, to introduce some of his favorite puppets from his home to his young audience. As his experience grew, so did his aspirations. He earned his divinity degree in 1962, and at his ordination, the Presbyterian Church asked him to serve children and families through television. Rogers made his first appearance the following year as Mr. Rogers on a Canadian broadcast system show called Mr. Rogers. The program helped lay the groundwork in its look and approach for Rogers' later show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Over the course of its decades-long run, Rogers' show varied very little. He approached his young audience with respect and a directness about issues children faced like death, war, and divorce that were rarely touched on by any other program. In the very first show that aired on PBS, Fred Rogers began the program much as he would over the next 33 years by walking through the front door of his television house and trading in his raincoat and suit jacket for a zippered sweater. The sweaters soon became as much a part of the program as the puppets. In all, Rogers had about two dozen of them, and they were all made by his mother. In 1984, the Smithsonian Institution chose to put one of the famous sweaters on exhibit. In a typical episode, Rogers might have an earnest conversation with his television audience, interact with live guests, take a field trip to such places as a bakery or a music store, or watch a short film, and sometimes included demonstrations of how mechanical objects work, such as bulldozers, or how things are manufactured, such as crayons. Each episode included a trip to Rogers' neighborhood of make-believe, 
featuring a trolley with its own chiming theme song, a castle, and the kingdom's citizens, including King Friday VIII. The subjects discussed in the neighborhood of make-believe often allowed further development of themes discussed in Mr. Rogers' real neighborhood. The show lived within a tight framework of contrived predictability, imparting a sense of security, comfort, and safety. Ritual and the familiar appearance of some of TV's most enduring characters, including the delivery man, Mr. McFeely, X the Owl, Queen Sarah Saturday, and King Friday, helped keep the show fresh for generations of kids. At the center of the show, of course, was Fred Rogers himself, a Protestant minister who worked as the series producer, host, and head puppeteer. He also wrote the scripts and songs. The world is not always a kind place, he said, talking about the show. That's something all children learn for themselves, whether we want them to or not, but it's something they really need our help to understand. Rogers' commitment to children, however, wasn't limited just to the TV set. In 1968, he served as chairman of a White House forum on child development and the mass media, and was often consulted as an expert or witness on those issues. Those of us in broadcasting have a special calling to give whatever we feel is the most nourishing that we can for our audience, Mr. Rogers said. We are servants of those who watch and listen. As the program crossed into its fourth decade, Rogers began to slow down. Over the last few years of its run, the host curtailed his production schedule to 15 or so episodes a year. In December of 2000, he taped his final episode, though PBS aired original programs until August of the next year. In December of 2002, doctors diagnosed Rogers with stomach cancer. He underwent surgery the following month, but it did little to slow the disease down. On February 27th of 2003, with his wife Joanne at his side, the titan of goodness and decency, Fred Rogers, died quietly at his home in Pittsburgh at the age of 74. Mr. Rogers always knew just the right thing to say for every instance on every occasion. Here's one of my favorite quotes. When I say it's you I like, I'm talking about that part of you that knows that life is far more than anything you can ever see or hear or touch. That deep part of you that allows you to stand for those things without which humankind cannot survive. Love that conquers hate. Peace that rises triumphant over war. And justice that proves more powerful than greed. I cried the day Fred Rogers died. I was 33 years old, and I've cried some today, putting this episode together, watching him on YouTube. I'm now 51 years old. He was there for me during a time in my life when I needed stability the most. And the daily act of his entering the door, changing into his sneakers and taking his sweater out of the closet, was the cue for me to accept the message that Mr. Rogers gently insisted I hear, that I was good and kind and smart, and that he liked me just the way I am. And I thank you for that, Mr. Rogers. 
the neighborhood's just not the same without you. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.